Bienvenida a Tijuana, bienvenida mi amor, de noche a la mañana, bienvenida mi amor, bienvenida a Tijuana, bienvenida a tu pena, bienvenida a la cena, sopita de camarón. Good morning, and welcome to episode 887 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, presented by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I am Ben Lindbergh of 538, joined by Sam Miller of Baseball Prospectus. Hello, Sam. Yo. We've got a guest today every now and then, every few hundred episodes. I like to take a little tour around the world of sabermetrics and talk to someone who is interested in the things that we are interested in and does the sort of things that we do in a completely different environment. And of course, Sam and I sort of experienced that in the Pacific Association last season, but that was at least the same country. And so there were some constants. But we talked last summer in episode 700 to Anthony Reskin, who is a statistical analyst for the Sydney Blue Sox in the Australian Baseball League. And before that, Episode 426, we talked to Alejandro Aldama, who is a sabermetrician in Cuba. And today, we are talking to Tadeo Varela, who is a sabermetrician in the Mexican League. And he works for the Toros de Tijuana. And we wanted to have him on today to tell us a little bit about the league and the team and what he does and maybe what he does that's the same as the sort of sabermetric work we're familiar with and maybe some things he does that are different. So hello, Tadeo. Thank you for coming on. Hi, guys. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. So if you could help us set the scene a little bit, of course, the history of baseball in Mexico goes back a long way. The history of the Mexican League goes back a long way. But could you tell us a little bit about the popularity of baseball in Mexico? How does it compare to other sports in the country? Well, the most uh, popular sport in Mexico is the soccer. Right. Uh, but in the north of Mexico, there are a lot of baseball fans. And here in the west coast, we have the La, La Liga Mexicana del Pacifico. Uh-huh. The Pacific Mexican League is the winter league. And actually have the they have the best attendance of, of the the winter leagues in the Caribbean and there there are a lot of fans of baseball yeah the, the baseball in, in Mexico have been growing uh, significantly the the last 10 years mm-hmm. and the history of the Mexican league goes back many decades and it's been common in the past for American players to play there and for players to go back and forth so how has it changed lately what is the talent level approximately of the Mexican league right now. And if you can tell us a little bit about the Toros, how long they've been around and what sort of success they have had in the league. Well, the league is officially to play to play level, but uh, I think it's more like double A level. We, we can talk a lot about, about the, the level league, yeah. but uh, like I said before, it has been growing a lot. The, the last year, uh, was approved uh, a new rule that allowed the, the teams here in Mexico to see uh, the, the Mexican players who was born in the United States. Uh, we call it uh, pochos. So now, uh, uh, last year, only one pocho could be in, in, in the roster. 
But this year, all the pochos are, are treated like uh, all the other Mexicans. So we have uh, a lot of new players this year, and the level of, of the league have, have been grown. So you say that baseball is more popular um, in the North. Is the, is the Mexican baseball fan also following American baseball leagues? To, is, is American baseball interesting to uh, Mexicans, or is their love of baseball, is their fandom uh, mostly concentrated on the Mexican leagues and the, the players that are playing in Mexico? That's a good question. Here in Tijuana, we are really close to the border. Uh, we're really close to San Diego. So a lot of the people here who are fans of Toros are also fans of the Padres or the Dodgers. Uh, so here in Tijuana, yes, there are a lot of people who follow minor league baseball games too. Is that an advantage for the Toros, that Tijuana is so close to the border? I mean, is it easier to persuade American players to play for you than it would be to persuade them to play for a team that would mean more travel and a longer distance from the United States? Actually, yeah, because first of all, uh, we are next to the border. Uh, we sell it that to the foreign things player we, we bring here. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Tijuana is the, the, the city in Mexico who has made the most major league, major league base, baseball players. Uh -huh. So um, we have a little uh, advantage there. We also have uh, we also are the team who has seen uh, most of the pochos in last winter. And so it's a 16-team league, and it's 111 games in a season, and. So the Toros are 23 and 17 right now as we are speaking. That means they're in third place in the North Division. And yeah. it looks like they have the, the fifth best overall record. I don't know whether you can make a comparison. Is there anything about their identity, whether it's the personality of the team or the fans or the city or their history of success? Is there anything that could let you compare them to a team in the United States that people listening to the show would be more familiar with? Uh, well, that's a problem because actually the personality of Toro de Tijuana is still in the process making. Uh, uh -huh. Toro de Tijuana is a team uh, really, really new. Uh, uh -huh. we, we had a single season in 2004, but uh, we came back was in 2014. So we actually, this is our uh, third uh, season. So the team have changed a lot in these three years. But uh, we can compare it, I think, uh, with like uh, Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a good comparison. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I will tell you why. Because uh, first of all, this is the most sabermetric team. We are the team that use the most uh, statistics. And mm -hmm. here in Tijuana, there are a lot of available fans. We have a huge market and we are taking advantage of that. Uh -huh. So uh, what is your role uh, in the front office? And um, bigger than that, how big is your front office? How many people are involved in putting the team together and making decisions? I am exactly a sabermetric ana analysis. Uh, my job is uh, to support everyone in the, in the front office with uh, the statistics we need. And uh, the front office, the, the real people that take decision here, uh, will be about uh, four or five persons. 
I see. And so what is your background? How did you become qualified for this position? How did you get interested in the statistical side of the game? And what books or websites did you read? And and what skills did you acquire? Well, there is a little secret. I am not Mexican. I am uh-huh. from I am from Venezuela. Okay. And in Venezuela, we play a lot of baseball. I was taken to the ballpark since I was a baby. So I grew with this uh, love to the game of baseball. And I, I, I have to admit it, I, I was like uh, something nerdy. So I, I like math, I like uh, numbers. So when I started uh, reading about these sabermetrics, was love of, of first sight. I started uh, reading and reading and reading. I started, I discovered baseball reference. I discovered fan graphs. I started reading about uh, sabermetrics uh, in Venezuela. So this new team uh, needs a person in this in this position. And there are uh, sadly there are only few people who work with this in, in Latin America. So uh-huh. they gave me the opportunity, and here I am. We ran a piece on BP about some guys who basically put together a play index for Venezuelan baseball. Octavio Hernandez, who's a sports writer down there, wrote the piece, and um, the site is at uh, purapelota.com. And uh, yeah. I was just wondering, do you know, are you familiar with that? Is that any of your background? Is I guess what I'm asking is, is Venezuela more kind of advanced in, in this kind of stuff? Yeah, it's uh, more uh, advanced than any other Latin America country in these sabermetrics. Uh, Octavio is a really good friend of mine, and Pura Pelota is, it was made uh, by Jose Montilla. I also know him, and uh, yeah, uh, we we have a really good uh, site to look at the the winter our winter league uh, statistics, and we we see a lot. Yeah, it's our own table prospectus. <laughs> Is there anything about Venezuelan baseball that makes it a good place for sabermetrics? Or is it just that a few of these guys, Jose and, and Octavio and you and a couple, maybe a couple of others, just happen to uh, know each other and, and spread the idea? Well, I think it's because Venezuela is the only one uh, South America country with the baseball being the, the most popular sport. So uh, a lot of people grow there uh, loving the, the baseball game. Uh, we don't actually don't, don't play soccer. And there are a lot of people who love uh, statistics. By comparison, uh, in, in Dominic- Dominican Republic, there are a lot of baseball fans, but they are not uh, so- such lovers of statistics. They, use, uh, they are more scouts there. And are you the only person doing what you do in the Mexican League? Or are there other teams that have someone doing something similar? In my knowledge, uh, I am the only one doing this here. Uh, there are a few teams that are interested in statistics, but not as deeply as we use it here in Tijuana. And how did that happen? Did they approach you and say, come work for us? We want someone working on statistics or... Did you contact them and offer your services? Uh, yeah, I called on them and I offered my services. And after a few emails, uh, they see my work and here I am. Huh. So what did you do to convince them that they should hire you? What sort of work did you show them to, to say I am worth employing? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a good question. I showed them everything, everything I, I, I could do. Uh, I showed them WOBA, I showed them FIP, I showed them BAPIP. 
Uh, and, I, and, and I show them how uh, that works. I show them spray charts. I show uh -huh. them a lot of uh, statistics. And I, uh, the good thing is that uh, here in Tijuana, uh, the owners of the team are really open-minded. Mind they are real businessmen uh -huh. uh, who, can, uh, who can appreciate the new tools to analyze the, the, the baseball. Uh -huh. And did you talk about other teams in Major League Baseball and, and say that they have had success doing this sort of thing? Did you mention anyone specific and say that, you know, we have to do the same thing that this team or that team is doing? Yeah, exactly. Uh, in Arisa, you are so advanced in these in cybermetics. And in Latin America, we are falling behind. Uh, so we need all the tools we, we can get. So. so what information is available in the Mexican League and what is missing or what is the number one thing that you wish that you had data-wise in the league? Uh, thanks to Fangraphs and Babel Reference, we have the, the most basic uh, cybermetrics statistics. Thanks to MLBFarm.com and Darren Wilman, we have uh -huh. uh, available the, the spray charts. Toro de Tijuana is probably the team that use the chief, the defensive chief the most. Uh, we're very proud of that. And thanks to TangoTiger.com and Tom Tango, we also are able to calculate uh, the room expectancy matrix. So this year I, we are working with uh, room expectancy 24. We're working with wing expectancy. And basically we're all we can get we, we work with, with, with that. And what is your manager like and what does he think about this? Because, of course, that can often be the problem if the manager is not interested in this sort of thing. And Sam and I had that problem sometimes last summer that we wrote about in our book. So is your manager very open to these ideas also and interested in learning more? Well, that, that's the most important, that the manager can uh, understand our, our work. Uh, my manager is uh, Luis Soho. Oh, uh-huh. We have, uh, he's old school, really. He, he is also Venezuelan. I, I, I talk to him. Uh, I show him my work. He doesn't need to believe everything. He, he only needs to believe what, what is aptly in the, in, in the field, uh, which is, in this case, uh, the defensive chief team. And we aptly and has been a lot of success for, for us, have been working. And has the biggest advantage been inside the league with players who are already there, whether it's shifting or pitching to players or, or whatever it is, or has it been in acquiring players? Do you spend a lot of time trying to figure out how players from foreign leagues would do in the Mexican league and then try to target those players? Is that a big part of your work? Uh, well, I spend the most of my work uh, searching uh, players in the in the foreign leagues uh -huh. because uh, here in Mexico they're they are like culture of don't do many trades here in Mexico the pitcher are very very valued and basically anything trade pitcher so it's it's hard to find good Mexican players in the market so we do that but we we focus on the American Dominican Venezuelan players who can we we, we can bring to play here. Have you ever had, I, I feel like a, maybe an underrated tension between a front office and the manager in this kind of a situation is when you disagree about a player who needs to be cut or who needs to play, 
Have you ever had instances where you evaluated a player much differently than your manager and where that was a source of either tension or compromise? It's happened all the time, but uh, the secret is communication. The question is that uh, the players who are in our roster is, is not my final word. And it's also not the final word of the manager. For that, we have a, a sport director who is the, the main in charge of taking that decision. But we all have our, our opinion. Um, we have in, in Tijuana, we have be, worked very well in, in, in that sharing opinions and making a, a common statement. And what is your job like from day to day? Do you work with the team every day? Are you always at the ballpark? Are you meeting with the manager before the game? Are you sending emails often with advice or scouting information? Or, you know, what is your typical day at the office like? My typical day. I, I always have to write down the game. Uh, I, I always am, I am recording every play in the game. Before the game, I, I am on, on the dugouts talking to, to the manager or, or maybe talking to the sport director and talking uh, who player can be on the team, who doesn't have to be anymore. I don't travel with the team when they are on the road. I send them e emails, but when they are here in Tijuana, we always talk in person. Uh -huh. And do any of the players talk to you? Are they interested in the information that you have? Or do you mostly just talk to Luis and, and the sport director? Actually, I don't. I don't talk to the to the players. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I talk to them to say hi and yeah. how are you. But I don't show them my work. I have mm -hmm. to respect the command line. Uh -huh. So uh, if there any problem with any player, I communicate to the manager or to the the batting coach, the pitching coach, the infield coach, and they talk to the players. I see. And I don't know how profitable teams are in the league, but is there any potential to get some sort of tracking technology in the future there? Are, are any teams interested in getting systems like PitchFX or TrackMan installed in the league? Well, I would love to. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, but uh, sadly, I, I will have to say we... We are a few years from, from that. I would love to have pitch effects, but I think in maybe 10 years, maybe is that possible. First of all, we have, we need that all the teams use sabermetrics, have a, a, a sabermetric analyst start the, the interest in the new analysis uh -huh. so they can afford uh, the, the, all the new system they have in, in minor league baseball. So um, we have a really step back there in, in that point. Uh-huh. And the Toros are having their best season yet. They were around 500 record the last couple seasons, and now they're doing better than that. Is there anything in particular that has caused that improvement? Is there any way in which you think that analysis has given them an advantage that is helping them improve and, and be better than other teams? Uh, like I say, the team has changed a lot in these three years. Uh, our roster is not the same roster that the last year or the year before. Here in, in Tijuana, we are we bring a lot of uh, foreign players. We have, I think, in my opinion, the best foreign players of, of the league uh, uh -huh. that have helped us a lot. Uh -huh. And and yeah, our work, uh, my, my work in, in, in the projection of the players, 
have helped us in the in the trade in the trade market. And what percentage of the team is foreign players, or or what percentage of all players in the league approximately? Only six player of your roster can be foreign. I see. So that's uh-huh. a rule of the league. Uh-huh. But now that the sort of unofficial agreement that used to prevent teams in the Mexican League from signing Mexican-born players who had played for Major League Baseball organizations first, now that that rule is going away or, or has gone away, has that made it easier to acquire talent? Yes and, and no. Uh, there, there was a draft last winter uh, but there were only a few players. Actually, Toros uh, didn't have a chance to pick uh, any one of them. Uh, nice. Like like I said before, uh, are the the pochos are the one uh, who are making the difference? Uh, yeah. the, 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 the Mexican players who were born in, in the United States are now available to to play here with any limitations, uh-huh. and we have uh, we have seen a lot of them. And when you have a successful player. How much do you worry that you will lose that player? How much do you worry that uh, another team from a, a different league will try to sign that player away from you? Is that something that happens often? Not really. Here in the leagues, that they cannot uh, sign any of our players. Uh, sometimes our players uh, signed with uh, the Japanese league, yeah. so they they leave. Uh, that's a, a real danger. But. Um, we generally uh, try to pick players who we know they, they have no more chance, a real chance to play in Marley baseball or nice. the Japanese baseball. Yeah, we uh-huh. try to, to look players who we know they can play a lot here in Mexico. And what major league teams are the most aggressive about scouting in Mexico? Actually, I, I, I could not say uh, we have uh, sell players to Rays, Tampa Rays. We have sell yeah. players to Chicago Cubs, to Padres of San Diego. But actually, I, I couldn't say what which, which team have the more scouts here in Mexico. And I'm really curious about the altitude difference between the teams in Mexico because you guys are almost at sea level, and then Mexico City is above 7,000 feet, which is higher than Denver. So, you know, all the concerns about Coors Field and the Rockies theoretically apply to Mexico City also. So do you do a lot of park adjustments and trying to figure out how much was the the city that a, a player was playing in as opposed to the, the player himself? Actually, yeah, we work with a lot of, of power factor. It's actually uh, well known that uh, the sort, the south division of the, of the league, have a lot of, of pitching because of that, and the north division have more uh, batting uh, because the the high of of the of the teams. Yeah, oh, that's interesting because Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, recently said that he would consider adding a team in Mexico City, and so I'm curious about the challenges just because it's been so hard for the Rockies to put a good team together and it seems like at least part of that is that the conditions there are so different from the other cities in the league and so if you added a team in Mexico City or has that been a a big challenge for teams in the Mexican league and and do you think that would be a big challenge if a major league team were added? Well actually uh, I I think that if a major league baseball team is placed in in Mexico City, the least of the problem will be the hide. (laughs) 
I think uh-huh. uh, the, they are more uh, concerned about the economy of the team right. and other issues uh, like travel distancy and, and, and security. I personally think that the commissioner, when he, he came here and said that, he said that to be good with the, the Mexican people. But uh, I think that's a real possibility uh, is really, really far from now. Mm-hmm. And lastly, do you have any sort of general advice for people who are interested in doing what you do in a league where it's not common for, for people to do that? You know, whether it's trying to get a job and trying to convince a team that they need a person working on statistics or making the case that you can really add some value or talking to the manager or whatever it is, what have you learned? What would your advice be to people who are trying to spread sabermetrics into new areas of the world. My advice is that uh, read a lot uh, and write also to a, a lot. You, you can convince a, a team to, to hire you if you can show them uh, with math that your job will be helpful to the achievement of, of winning, that in the end is that, oh, that what everything wants. Everything wants is to win more games. So uh, sabermetric is very useful in that goal. And you can show them uh, the most uh, cybermetric uh, statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are really polite, you have good communication, and you show them uh, you work with maths, you can convince them that they need cybermetrics. Cybermetrics, if you don't have cybermetrics, you are going to lose uh, competitiveness. Uh And has there been anyone who has been skeptical about your role there? I mean, is there anyone who thought it was a bad idea to hire a sabermetrician or that you wouldn't be able to help the team? Have you faced any difficulty in that respect? A lot of people, a lot of people. Sadly, there are a lot of people who doesn't want sabermetrics and it's because they don't understand it. Before I talk talking to Toros, I talked with a lot of teams here in Mexico, in Venezuela, in Dominicana, and Toros was the fierce uh, team who gave me the chance to prove my, my value. So yeah, there are a lot of people who who still doesn't uh, is convinced with these sabermetrics. Okay, the real last question. For the rest of this season, or say in the next year, is there a specific goal that you have? Something that you're working on, or some sort of information that you hope to make available to the team that hasn't been available thus far, or just something that you're trying to do that you haven't been able to do yet? Well, with, with the team, our goal is uh, winning the championship. Uh, yeah. Last year, we we make it a winning team that make uh, what that take a lot of effort. So this year, we are a lot better, and we think we can really, really challenge for that uh, championship. Is our our main focus right now. But personally, I try to seek a, a, every statistic that, that is available. I try to apply here in the leagues. I, I try to, to find every page that have a Mino Leagues statistics uh-huh. and see if they are available for the Mexican League. Yeah. Most, mostly of the time they are, and so they, they have helped me a lot in this in this job. But there is there is still a lot uh, to, to find and, and to apply to, to, to these leagues. I hope that in five or ten years from now we, we could use uh, pitch effects that will uh, expand in, into a whole new level of work and it will be great for, for, for the league. 
Okay, so can you tell people how they can follow the Tauros, whether it's just the results or, or watching the games or listening to the games? What's the best way for people to follow the team and also to follow you? Okay, you can follow uh, Toros de Tijuana in Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Tadeo Varela in, in, in Twitter. And I also write in sabermetrico.com. It's sabermetrics with an O to make it Spanish. <laughs> uh, I usually write there all the things that I apply in the, in the Latin American leagues. Okay. And is there any way to watch or listen to the games just uh, on the website or, or anywhere else? In the internet, you can see in, in the page of uh, internettv.com, but it's, uh, you need to pay to have the, the subscription. Uh -huh. uh, I think you can listen the games on, in the page of Toro de, de Tijuana, uh -huh. and you can uh, follow the game in game day with the game day in the in the page of the Mino League Baseball. Okay, well, thank you very much. It was great talking to you, and I appreciate you putting up with our English and uh, giving us the time. So thank you very much, and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you, thank you, and thank you for the opportunity. It's always great to talk about sabermetrics and our jobs. All right, so that is it for today. Thanks to Tadeo. On some of my favorite TV shows, The O.C. and Terriers, terrible things happen when characters go to Tijuana. But I thought our Tijuana episode went well. You can support the podcast on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash effectivelywild. We are really grateful for the support. I think in most cases, Patreon support goes down over time because people contribute for a month or two and then they cancel. But your Patreon support has actually increased over the few months that we've been doing it. So thank you very much. Today's five Patreon supporters are Alex Friedland, Courtney, who's one of our advanced scouts from the book, Ryan Beck, Corey McMahon, and Steve Eifler. Thank you. Had a great time and a great turnout at our book event in New York last night. Sam has an event coming up tomorrow, Friday, May 20th, at 7 p.m. in Petaluma, California, Copperfields Books on 140 Kentucky Street. It's going to be a great event. A few of the Stompers will be there. Daniel Baptista, Mark Hurley, Sean Conroy, Theo Fightmaster will be there. Stompers mascot Rawhide will be there. So I'm really sorry I'm missing this one. And if you are anywhere in the area and you like the book, you should definitely try to make it. You can find out more about the book at theonlyruleisithastowork.com. Look for lots of reviews and excerpts and interviews, as well as stats and photos and videos. We hope that you will continue to buy the book and help us make it the best-selling sports book on Amazon. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild, and you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Use the coupon code BP when you subscribe to the Play Index at baseballreference.com to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription and please send us emails at podcast at baseballperspectus.com or by messaging us through patreon we will be back with one more show this week tomorrow Tijuana makes me happy.